Hi everyone, it's a new episode of the Shipping Manifest. Hey, what do you know, we're actually semi-regular now? It, it's, I don't know, we're trying, we're trying. Um, this is a long episode. Uh, I think it's actually our longest episode yet. And uh, it's a lot of fun, but I do want to let you know we started off just kind of touching base, seeing where everybody's at uh, with everything going on, and it might get a little heavy, so if you're not in the mood for, you know, quarantine talk, skip ahead about half an hour-ish, uh, and then we, we kind of move past that all and get into everything that we've been watching because we've been watching a lot. I actually watched a lot, uh, which is kind of why this episode's so long. But anyways, I'm, I'm rambling. Let's get to it. Hello. What's up? How goes it? No, you know, I just got a new story from family. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> and it's Chicago. It's like Illinois related too. Significant oh. increase in calls to Illinois poison control after Trump disinfectant remarks. Jesus Christ. And then it started a whole, you know, back and forth in a group text. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so. uh, it's definitely at that point where it's like, I can't, I can't take in any more of what's happening. Uh, because it's just too much. It's too much. You know what? I feel about it is that okay? Go ahead, drink all the bleach you want because the more of ble- the more of them that drink bleach are going to kill themselves with it, and then that's just less people to vote for Trump. I I mean, yeah. You made a decision. Go for it. It's it's just it's genuinely insane. like i just i just can't believe that that he would say like number one say that uh, and and everybody is getting hung up on the bleach part but he also implied somehow injecting uv rays so he didn't actually say that he was made speculative jokes about possible resolutions he didn't say get a bleach injection. He didn't say drink bleach. He didn't say drink disinfectant. He made a joke, an ill, but for him, he can't make those kinds of jokes. No. He can't be sarcastic like that by saying, like, I don't know, maybe inject, maybe bleach injections, you know, because, or disinfectant injections. Because the thing is, is that he doesn't think before he speaks. No, he has too many people that are in his base that are uneducated enough to think that everything he says is gospel, whether it was a joke or not. 
he doesn't have and that was what my like my brother got mad about it he's like that's not what he said i'm the last person to defend trump but that's not what he said and so like the media spun it and now everybody is like mad at him about it but that's like you can't keep blaming him for things that he didn't really do and i'm like but i'm not blaming him for saying something he didn't say right it doesn't matter whether he said it or he made a joke he the things that he says are not jokes to the idiot people that are not educated enough to understand that so whatever he says joke serious directly saying inject like drink bleach direct like or jokingly saying disinfectant injections those to there is no difference there's no nuance to the people that follow him Mm -hmm. you know and it's just because they're just so blindly following him that they don't hear context and they don't hear that's why he got elected in the first place because no matter what he says he gets away with it because they just believe it as gospel Mm -hmm. and you know it's the same thing with you when you try to tell somebody like when somebody gets all like uppity about the bible and is like you know it's adam and eve not Adam and Steve, and it says that you shouldn't love a man. It's like, it also says you shouldn't eat shellfish, but you're not following it word for word, are you? Because you're still eating crab on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just, and that's the thing. He keeps getting stuck on the, like, he didn't say that. He didn't, you're right, he didn't say that. But he implied something, and he made a joke where he shouldn't have made a joke. And the people that follow him are stupid enough to take it as gospel. And, and the, here's, here's the problem. Uh, it, not the time to make a joke, right? It's just, <laughs> it's just not funny. If it was, but you know what? It's fine. You know what? Some jokes are funny, and some jokes in the moment are funny because a lot of people have to deal with it in humor. So, like my uncle sending me that that Clorox chewables thing that you that I sent you, yeah, like, that kind of a joke is funny. But also, my uncle isn't in a position of power in a in a in a country that is struggling to deal with an issue that doesn't have a resolution. Right. And so he can, he can make that joke. And like, I can make the joke on the internet, like that there where's Theranos when we need them. Like I can make that joke. Mm -hmm. The president of the United States cannot make that joke because he hasn't done anything to fix the problem. He has pushed back on all of the medical personnel and all of the experts that have tried to, give people correct information by continuing to push misinformation. Mm -hmm. And he's already at one point made misinformation that has also cost people their lives by the hydroquinoquine thing. Right. So it's like, it's not the same as saying take hydroquinoquine when you're not, when it's not actually a cure, but it's also not any different in the sense that there's even out of context, people, the people that listen to him and live and die by his word are going to take even a joke or even something out of context and believe that that's going to fix them. So the people who drink bleach thinking that that's going to get rid of their thing, somebody led them off the cliff. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's going to get swept under the rug. It's going to, it's going to be forgotten in, in two weeks because another dumb fucking thing is going to happen. Right. And and it that's how he gets away with it because he has beaten us into this feeling of just exhaustion at at 
whatever the fuck is coming next. It's like that um, that thing that I sent you, that breaking news. Oh, my God, what the fuck now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because, and that's what the last four years of our lives have been, even before coronavirus and even before, you know, a national emergency like this or international emergency like this. Right. It's every day. It's what other fucking bullshit has this moron done? You know, and it's like, <laughs> 2020 started with impending war right that was <laughs> that was three months ago right and you know it's like there's it's just it's stuff like that but it's like you can't forget that like yeah this epidemic this isn't like the first thing that's happened and suddenly we're all panicked no we started, we've started off 2020 after having 2019 be kind of shitty and then we're like 2020 is going to be good and then two days in we were facing more with iran so it's like <laughs> what what do you want <laughs> oh and then and then the next month uh australia was on fire right entirely and me and not again that has nothing to do with trump it but it, again it's like it's, it's just australia was on fire and it stressed everybody out yeah, because it was it was following everything that was going on in the Amazon too, where right. that was on fire on purpose. Well, like, and we're, yeah, and we're almost getting to the point too where it's like we're if we're getting into bushfire seasons in in California. Mm-hmm. So the Australia almost burned up entirely. I'm not soup feeling great about the the fires that happen in California it, every year like clockwork because the last couple of years they've been really hard to put out and they've taken longer and longer and they've gone into areas like what was it last year or two years ago that like all, almost all of like Malibu burned up mm-hmm. and there were like famous people losing their homes and like yeah. people like things, that was just that, last year yeah because I remember it was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And because Kelsey um, Camille Grammer lost her house, mm-hmm. burned the whole the whole thing burned to the ground. She lost her entire house, and then um, what's her fa- uh, Denise Richards' house also got damaged. And so, and they were on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And yeah, I know you can say, oh, okay, it was the rich people who's lost their man- who lost their mansions. But like, if it's gotten to the point that it's reaching into these areas that it's affecting rich people in their mansions think of how many other thousands of people who can't afford to just go buy a new house Mm -hmm. when their mansion burned down you know and also there's still people who lost their things you know like how much think about how much money was in that house just Uh, even a lot even if you don't count the millions of dollars that that real estate cost them think Mm -hmm. of all of the chanel bags that are a couple thousand dollars each and like louboutin shoes and like that still hurts whether you're poor or rich losing millions of dollars worth of stuff is you know it's gonna sting it's gonna hurt and you have a right to feel bad about it even if you can replace those things fairly easily right it's just ugh so that makes me nervous of like what is next what is this year's fires gonna be like I mean, and and you you've already got tornadoes tearing up the south, and 
that's straining an already strained healthcare system, uh, especially down there where they drag their feet on uh, implementing, you know, quarantines. So you have more infections, you have people suffering from uh, these storms and these tornadoes, and it's, it's just everything that is bad is happening at the same time. This is the end times. It, it genuinely is. Like, the, there was a report that just kind of flew under the radar uh, at some point. It was either earlier this year or late last year where there was a, a plague of locusts going on. Yeah, I remember that. And it's like, anybody remember a, a fucking story where that, that happened? Any, any, any books that might have covered this? Yeah, at least half the country should because they're obsessed with that book. You would think. But, but over and over, they seem to prove that they did not do the required reading. <laughs> so it's like, you, you guys talk about this book a lot, but I'm kind of feeling like you're a bunch of fake geek boys. Like, what are you doing? You clearly are not prepared for your book report. You just read the back of the book. Yeah, this is the, like, it's a long book. And I don't know how much Spark Notes covers. So like, I don't know, maybe jump in uh, if you like it so much. But it's, it's, it's just this constant feeling of what are you doing? escalation. Uh, cat, cat issues, I'm guessing. Well, he's... Parallax just came and laid on top of me and then just out of nowhere started licking my foot, which he's never done before. And I was like, what happened? Why is this happening to me? I don't like it. <laughs> it that's the fear. That's the no fear. Mean, no means no. Yeah. Yeah. Parallax do doesn't care. He senses fear and he feeds off of it. He really does. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just No, it's... it. It's okay. It's it's just this uh, this constant feeling of escalation, and everybody is still in this mindset like, oh, it's going to be fine by June, and it's like, no, it's not. It's it's really not. You need to you need to accept that fucking Fourth of July canceled, fucking Halloween canceled. Christmas well, canceled, funny, New Year's canceled. Like, well, I mean, I don't think we need to go that far. <laughs> December is and October are a ways out yet. We, you know, it's. I think right now taking it a month at a time and seeing where things are is the only thing we can do. I mean, yes, but I just i I feel like people need to emotionally prepare themselves for that potential possibility. I because... I think everybody's got to handle it in their own time. And I yeah. think everybody's, because like, you know, beginning of April, I was like, oh yeah, no, we'll be fine. And then, you know, last two days ago when we were told we were sheltering in place till the end of May, then I was, you know, that's when I had to deal with it. And 
I, you know, some people still need to be hopeful. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think we don't need to come in and be like, guess what? Everything you want to do for the rest of your life is done. Not, not the rest <laughs> of your life. I'm just saying, like, maybe, maybe kind of accept that 2020 might are... be a loss. Yeah, but there are places that are seeing, in like, things getting better and are actually going to be able to start taking steps towards reopening some things in a small dose. Right. Like Minnesota has been, my parents have been talking about Minnesota has been, they've reopened golf courses and they've re, they're starting to look at reopening select non-essential businesses because they've seen the sheltering and sheltering in place has taken an effect. They do have more testing and warned that cases might all of a sudden go up drastically, but that's just because there's more testing available. So people that maybe didn't have a diagnosis yet, but had symptoms are now going to officially have word. So that doesn't mean that things are getting worse. It just means people are getting tested where they hadn't been able to before. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, but it's, a, they're seeing a decrease in the number of pe the testing that's coming back. There is a decrease in, number of cases and number of deaths so they're starting to see test the waters and not just open minnesota we're all good but they're seeing you know let's start opening slowly and see you know still keep distance social distancing in mind and you know test the waters mm -hmm. so things are getting better in some places will things be drastically different going forward probably does that mean everything forever for the next year is still canceled I mean, probably big events, yes. Like, I don't think we're going to be having large events where large groups of people congregate. But, you know, having a small Halloween party might not be off the table. <laughs> like, I, know, I know, I'm, just, I know. <laughs> having Christmas with your family might not be something that is out of the question. <laughs> and I, I, I know, but it's, it's just... Also, canceling I'm, Christmas isn't even feasible because, like, listen, you okay, so you might not go to church, but, like, people can still go see their families, and all, you can buy all your stuff on the internet at this point. Like, right. All, no, who's, who's really going shopping anywhere but the internet? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> I know, but in this situation, if your choice is you've only got the internet. Yeah. You can just do it then. You know, yeah, I tend to prefer to go to the mall and get it all done in one go. But I can't do that. So does that mean I'm going to go on the internet and do that? Yep. I know. I'm, and, and I know I'm being kind of doom and gloom. But I'm, I'm actually just trying to, uh, like, emotionally prepare myself for you this can... because because it, like i we've we've never done this before we, this is a new this is a new deal and the the reaction from uh who i who i thought were supposed to be the adults in the room hasn't really given me a ton of hope uh so so i'm just trying to process those emotions of like i already lost my birthday this year it, like that it, like it's gone and so i'm just trying to prepare myself for 
the other things that I like to not happen because it's, it's just been a bummer of a year. So if I, if I keep trying to be my normal, positive, jolly self, it's just going to hurt again and again. And, and, and I, I can't do that. If I'm going to make it through this year, I okay, got to be pragmatic. You don't have to crush everybody. You got You can't crush everybody I'm not, else in the process. I'm not. Tr- I'm not. Tr- <laughs> I'm not trying to crush anyone. I really am not. I just. <laughs> I just don't want people to be crushed. If it happens. But that's everybody else's emotional journey. So I know. You know, I I have the right to be crushed now that I found out. I don't. I also don't get a birthday. You know. Yeah. So like, it's fine. You know, and. You know, my argument has been that it's I have a lot of people who have complained about not getting to have birthdays, too. And I also understand that. And I also have it a little bit worse because I'm alone in an apartment by myself. Yeah. So I don't have a roommate or a boyfriend or a husband or my parents or my sister, my brother. I'm here by myself. <laughs> so, you know, my aunt is her birthday is the weekend after mine. And, you know, she's like, well, I don't get a birthday. And I'm like, yep, but you're with your sister mm-hmm. and your brother will probably come over. My dad is there. Your bro- So your brother-in-law and your sister-in-law will probably come over and Madison will come over. So I don't get a birthday and I have to spend it alone in my apartment in Chicago away from everybody in my life. Yeah. So you really want to talk about who's got it worse? Oh, and I'm in the middle of a 40 day, 40 something days alone (laughs) go fuck yourself (laughs) right i don't want to hear about it (laughs) so i think you know i can't i can't hear any more of the like oh yeah the rest of the year is fucked like yeah i get it things that i maybe was looking forward to like we probably won't have nerdoween this year does that mean halloween totally is canceled no we might just have to do like a small thing at a friend's house with a few people it it doesn't mean that all of not all of the things forever are canceled. So I can't and like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care if the world's on fire by Christmas, I'm going home. Right. So <laughs> I don't care if I have to hitchhike there or walk there or what I've got to do, but I'm get I'm going to Minnesota and spending time with my family because especially if we're shelter in place until December, I will kill myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If I have to be here much longer, I am I will not make it. <laughs> so and and I and I think that is another big difference in in our emotional mentality right now because you have been like locked down and I haven't been able to. Uh so I've been living a very anxiety uh filled life uh delivering food to be fair though i mean that's most of your life anyway <laughs> it's been a, a well yeah <laughs> anxiety ridden yeah yes. <laughs> which is which is a problem uh the fact that it's like i was already a nervous person this is yeah. not helping this is not no. helping at all. Um, so it's it's uh, it's been 
nerve wracking uh, to go to work and have to interact with so many people. And uh, I was reading the other day that three of the places that I have delivered to uh, are outbreak uh, outbreak sources. Um, and two of those places I have delivered to more than eight times each. So I have been very close to uh, some incredibly dangerous situations. And I have to deal with that anxiety of, did I have it? And I wasn't showing symptoms. And when I delivered something and I missed a spot on my hand when I was washing it, did I cause this, you know, outbreak? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. I, I can but almost guarantee you because isn't it like pr a prison or something? One of them is a prison and the right. other is a meat packing plant. Yeah. So it's not, like, definitely probably not. <laughs> probably wasn't the not. delivery guy from the low Cal Calzone zone. Like it was... <laughs> but. It is all of the people congregated in a small space. Absolutely. That's what caused it. <laughs> absolutely. And I, and, and deep down, I know that. But as previously stated, I'm a very anxious person. Right. <laughs> uh, well. Even if I have to tell you every day that you didn't <laughs> cause any of those outbreaks, I will. Because I, I can 100% guarantee you that you didn't cause the outbreak at a prison or a meatpacking plant. I know, but it's so <laughs> scary. It's so scary. And I just, like, I genuinely wish I could be locked down. I really, more than anything, I wish I could just not leave my house. Yeah. Uh, no, I get it. And it's 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 just not fun. So that has put me in this kind of constantly heightened state where I um I'm, I'm not dealing with it well and I'm trying. Uh, but I got like I got through a month of doing it before I was like, oh, this is the worst. Uh, I hate this. Yeah. So, and and not helping matters is the number of people who have been taking advantage of the situation and seeing fit to not tip me uh, at all. The the other night, five deliveries completely stiffed me. And I'm like ridiculous. Are you are you serious? I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm losing it. Um, and you you people are taking advantage of a situation where you can pay with a credit card but do a contactless delivery. And, oh, shoot, I couldn't sign the slip, so I, I didn't leave you a tip. Like, you monster. I, I make my hourly rate is $9 an hour. Everything else is tips. And that doesn't help things. Like, luckily, I live a pretty uh, sparse life. Uh, 
so I, I haven't had to worry about money now, but that can easily end in, in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, so yeah, I'm not doing great. Um, which, which is not the answer that anybody wants to hear when they say, Hey, how you doing? So I lie. I lie. Well, I mean, I feel like right now though, that's an acceptable answer because a lot of it, like we're checking in on each other. Right. So it isn't, we've kind of given up at this point on the, on the social, socially acceptable response of saying, Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? You know? Right now, it's a when somebody says, "How are you doing?" and your response is, "Yeah, not great." They're like, "Yeah, no, me too, man. You want to talk about it?" Right. Like, well, you it's know. it's just hard because like I started this job right as this was all ramping up, uh, like middle of March. Mm-hmm. So I've been getting to know these new, brand new people in this situation and it's like i i still have those habits of like never let them see you sweat never let them see you frown like well, you know well, just... you can fuck those guys like who cares do whatever you got to do for them but like when you're talking to your friends you can be like yeah no i'm not doing great dude i know i know which is why i'm i'm kind of venting uh yeah that's fine but i don't know at, at, at least at least I'm getting some cute clothes in Animal Crossing, so that's great. There you go. You, you know? know? Small victories. Right. Um, <laughs> my so, parents... Go ahead. Well, my, my mom has been like, well, why don't you make us the birthday list so we can, like, send you things for your birthday? And I'm like, what's the... And I, like, really said to her on the phone, what's the point of things? I'm never going to leave my house again. So it's like I can ask for nice, cute dresses, but where am I going to wear them? Just around in my apartment for my cats? <laughs> like, what's Ab- the point? I mean, join the clubs. <laughs> like, join the club. Right. <laughs> so she was like, well, you know, this isn't going to be forever. You can ask for things. And so today I finally sat down and did it. And there was like this one dress that kept being like Target added to me, like targeted ad. Mm-hmm. to me that I was like yeah this is exactly my jam and it was like this really cute like light blue lacy dress and I was like perfect that's the first thing I'm putting on my list it sold out so no. I just started crying for 35 minutes no <laughs> I literally sat here with my new computer and my thing open and I was like this is the only thing I want for my birthday is this dress and a hot dog mach- like a hot dog maker and like, do you remember the hot dog toaster thing that I had at, at Grubhub? Yes. So I left it at Grubhub when I left by accident. And not that it mattered. I got it for free. Uh-huh. So, you know, that was my gift to the people I left behind. Sure. But <laughs> um, I, so I want, and I was like, man, I could really go for a hot dog now. But I don't, I don't have a microwave either, and I don't really want to broil them because or boil them because that like takes forever. Right. And I was like, maybe I'll ask for that hot dog machine again for my birthday because I have lost all hope of using my grill this summer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I was like, because it's not like I can grill in my apartment. No. <laughs> so, they have they uh, have rules about that. Right. So I was going to ask for that and for my. For that dress and that dress was sold out and literally 35 minutes I just cried <laughs> like, oh, God. so then 
I called my mom and I was like, so I just had a 35 minute breakdown because the one dress I was going to ask for for my birthday was sold out. <laughs> uh, She's like, all right, we'll take your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, fuck. <laughs> I got it done, though. I found other things. It was just more that like that moment of just like, really, the one thing that was bringing me joy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, it, with with my with my birthday, pretty much every year, I have this situation where, like, my grandma will send me a message and be like, "Do you have any ideas for your birthday?" I'm like, "No," and she's like, "We'll be thinking about it," and I'm like, "I will," and then I never think about it, and then she just sends me some money. I'm like, "Cool, this is going to bills probably." I've I've got got bills uh so i i just i ne- i can never think of presence for myself because i'm typically looking out for the things that i want on sale and then like if i if i by some miracle actually have some spare cash i will grab it so like when it gets to that point of somebody else wants to buy me something, oh god, I, I don't know. I, I like I can never. I just completely stump myself. So yeah, but I did like this past Christmas. I was able to get a list of like four things. I was just like, okay, these are things that I'm okay with asking for. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's just so hard it, because most of the time I'm like, don't, don't you people like know me? Like, can't you surprise me with something that you think that I might like? Like, just, well, it, it would be nice. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, uh, for me, it's been like, just cause I, ha- I came from having such a big family. Mm-hmm. And, like, my dad's side of the family, once you turn 18, you stop getting Christmas and birthday gifts just because the family's so big. Yeah. But it's, like, if we – because it's – I have six uh, – there are six children in my dad's immediate family. So he has five brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, plus they all have spouses and children. And so it's, like – and then grandma. And it was, like, at that – and then – us and my mom and so it's then on top of it then we had mom's side of the family that we also had gifts for so it's like that would be so much right right right. so at that so like the thing is is that the little kids get gifts and then once you turn 18 you don't get gifts anymore and so grandma will probably still buy you a sweater Mm -hmm. and like maybe somebody will make something like our family we would like make something that everybody everybody got the same thing and it was really just the the younger cousins that got stuff. So, but like, I've been trained that I have to make a list. Right. Because I had, you know, when I was, when, especially when my brother and I were little, like, there were three of us cousins, you know? So there was Devin, and then there was me and Kyle, and then there was Camille and Kara later. And it was just, so the bulk of the time that Ky, the, that we were growing up, it was really just the five of us. Mm-hmm. So there was only five kids. And then as we were getting older, then our younger cousins came 
you know, and like Abby is just now like finishing college. So oh wow. Like, right. And I've been out of college for 10 years. So. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't hear that number, but that's yeah, fine. That's good. It's a good I was on purpose you weren't hearing that number. Yeah. Yeah. So subtitles <laughs> just said inaudible. So I don't know. So it was um, you know, so it's I it's a it's part of the DNA of the family is that you make a list. So it's just a habit. Right. Um that you have and so it's not that and inevitably my mom goes off list and buys things that she just thinks will be cute but then I'm OCD so I get mad about that (laughs) but you strayed from the list you asked for a list and I gave (laughs) you the things that I wanted and you bought me five things that I didn't ask for yeah but you like them don't you yes but they're not what I asked for the expectation (laughs) that would be that it was from this this list of fifth of like 25 things that I gave you carefully carefully curated yeah I curated my experience (laughs) and you have gone off of my my you know itinerary for you (laughs) no no improv (laughs) no improv this is my script that I've given for you god damn it Debbie What have you done? <laughs> and of course, you know, like Bruce has no say in it. He's no. she just says, you know, here's what we got, Kelsey. <laughs> here's what we got, Kyle. <laughs> Does your mom sign sign the card for your dad? Um, not at birthdays because we don't really do cards mm-hmm. at birthdays anymore. My grandma was really the only one that still did cards. Um, and then like she'll just write on the label from mom and dad. So and he like knows what we're getting, so it's not like. It's not like he's completely clueless and it's like, you know, mom got mom got you a new coat. Dad has no idea. He'll just smile and nod. Right. <laughs> he's I mean, in on it. <laughs> I've had I've had some of those some of those moments where I will look I would look at my dad or like my stepdad and I'll just be like, Wow, thanks you guys. Right. Like I know he did he had no idea what it, what it was. Um, but that it, it, it's, it's just kind of funny to think about how there are some of those shared experiences where sometimes dads are just like, I didn't go shopping with her that day. So I don't know. And it's like, right. Hey, hey fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I don't know what my sister picked out for you guys. So, you know. So we have this thing in our family where it's like my mom and my aunt have always had this like stupid thing where they'll go out shopping and then one of them will find something that they want and the other one will also find that thing and then they just buy it for each other and then wrap it up like they don't know that they're getting it. Love it. And we were like, this is stupid. Like we get my brother and I would get so annoyed by it. So then as we got older, we would intentionally go and just pick out each other's presents together. Unless mm-hmm. there was something that I, like, knew I was going to get for him. But, like, so we'd go and we'd, like, go to, you know, Barnes & Noble or the comic book store or, like, Spencer's or something. And just, like, hey, do you want this, you know, Daredevil trade paperback? Yeah, cool. All right, cool. That's what you're getting for Christmas. Hey, do you want this Kirby this Kirby plushie, perfect, done. That's what you're getting for Christmas. And then we'd open them and be like, oh, gee, thanks. And like act, you know, overact the fact that like we already knew what we were getting from each other. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would get mad about it. Oh. And we're like, why are you mad about that? 
why why is it any different that we went and picked out gifts for each other together because it was just easier and we're on a tighter budget than you are Uh to just go into Barnes and Noble and go through whatever and buy something stupid for each other or go to the comic book store and buy something that we know that each other wants that no one else is going to get it. Because if I put that I want, you know, Wade and Sammy's Daredevil omnibus in on my list, no one's going to buy that. Yeah. If I go to the comic book store with Kyle and say, oh, hey, this is what I get me this for Christmas. He'll be like, cool. And then he buys that for Christmas. (laughs) Right. The end. And then I know that I get that thing that I wanted because we have similar interests. And the niche interests are going to be things that we're going to get for each other because they're usually cheaper. Mm-hmm. And they're they're usually things that no one else is gonna buy. Uh, when when I was growing up, uh, me and my sister had a kind of similar thing, but it was a deal with our uh, grandparents, where uh, like they would they would pick out most of our presents uh, ahead of time, usually you know, sometimes off of a list because it was easier to make a list when I was little because it was just like, I have an idea for a toy that I want. You just open up, what is it, like the Toys R Us ad? Absolutely. start circling things? They just, they would just (laughs) hand me the ads and just be like, circle what you want. And and that way they had a picture to go along with it. So it's like, uh, they know how to find it. So they would, they would go off of that but then we would go to like we would just pick out a day, uh, sometimes months ahead of time. Like sometimes we'd go in like September, and it would be like, okay, you're picking out your to me from me uh, today. So we would we would hit a bunch of different stores, and we would be able to pick out one thing, and we would get that thing for a week and we would be able to play with it as much as we wanted. You know, it could be a video game, could be a toy, you know, whatever. But at the end of that week, it got wrapped up and thrown in a closet and it was waiting until Christmas. And so it was always my favorite present because I already got a a little bit of a taste of, of, you know, having that new thing and then it was taken away and I'm like, oh man, but I, I have so many ideas now. There's so <laughs> many stories I can tell with that fucking Donatello. Like I need it. Right. And th- right. I'm sitting here <laughs> compiling my list of to- of playtime. Right. <laughs> so you would have months of lead up where you'd be like, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. And there, there would be days weeks months that would pass where you would forget about it but then you'd just get that little bit of memory where it's like oh i've i've got that thing to look forward to and it was always so fun because even uh, even on the day of christmas you're, you're like am i gonna am i gonna just use this time to open my to me from me which i know what it is and i've been looking forward to it or do I want to push that and, and spend more time on the gifts that, you know, people picked out for me and, and, and kind of make it more about that. But man, that was, that was always just the most fun part uh, for me. But 
Yeah. Oh. Speaking of Donatello, that's how my brother and I learned there was no Santa Claus. Is that we found um, in our our first house, we found um, in the basement the unwrapped Christmas gifts that were hiding. Oh and man! And we figured out where the spot was, so we went. Da- we would go down there periodically before Christmas and just go see what had been added to the pile in the basement. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this unfinished side of the basement. We would go over and like. You'd come down the stairs, and then if you took a left, it would be, like, right there, and there was, like, where the laundry was, and then we would go into this far corner of the basement, and that's where all of the stuff, and we saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van. Oh, shit, yeah. The news van toy from, like, the 90s, Uh and we got the news van for Christmas, and I was like, oh, yeah, I bet this is going to be a gift and so then if mom, when we, on Christmas day, um, Christmas Eve, we would open gifts from the family and then Christmas day we opened Santa gifts. Uh-huh. So Christmas Eve, when you didn't open when we didn't open the van, we were like, that's, that's Santa gift. We're getting that tomorrow. Oh my God. Santa's not real. Oh God. <laughs> so we ruined it for ourselves. Oh God. <laughs> because any gift that we didn't open on Christmas Eve was going to be a Santa gift. And then, yeah. so we just like put it together through logic and reason. It <laughs> just went, Oh, Ugh. I bet we'll get that tomorrow. Oh, from Santa. But at that point we were old enough. Like I was probably seven or eight. And so it was more ruining the magic for Kyle than it was ruining the magic for me. Cause by that point I was getting to the, to the age where I wasn't really buying Santa anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was, you know, a cool older kid. Yeah. Yeah. An older seven year old. Yeah. In all my years, eight years of life, I I knew some things. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. I finished Jumpstart second grade. Thanks. (laughs) I think I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, so this conversation has got me thinking about something that I wanted, I, I had been planning on bringing up today when we were recording and it, and it started because I was just looking for a YouTube video, uh, to, uh, listen to while I went to sleep and I found a, like, hour and a half long mix of like vaporwave music and it was set to old uh video footage of malls so like old commercials old news reports old just random random videos of old malls from like the 80s and 90s and it got me thinking about how much i number one love malls Number two, miss malls. Number three, also really hate malls. Uh, So number one, just to get it out of the way, I know that malls are a monument to capitalism and they're disgusting and, you know, it's a good thing that they died. Fuck off. Malls are fun. I don't even care. Yes. (laughs) 
that I, ju I just wanted to get that part out of the yeah. way because there's don't always com don't come at us with your capital your monument to capitalism shit you you have spent time at a mall i don't care who you are everyone if you were has. born yeah if you were born after 1970 you've spent time at a mall so shut the fuck up <laughs> so like you you have that and like fine whatever that aside malls were so fucking cool because in the 80s and 90s something that like really started to take hold was uh architecture got super boring um it, from skyscrapers to residential housing everything just kind of got plain are we going up into the history of malls right now madeline because i don't think i can take that <laughs> It's not going to be like a full, full history, I but I just... I don't need a deep dive on malls. I just want to talk about how cool they were because, like, the the architecture was always, like, trying something different. And it, like, no, no malls looked the same. And if you go to a Walgreens That's in Colorado... So it's true. Well, I mean, a lot of them where... You know, sometimes the layout would be similar, but there would be a thing at that mall where it's like, that's that weird thing at that mall. So like at the Fort Collins mall, it had the the big fountain and like the, it had some statues and, and it was it was really nice. But then you would go down to Cherry Creek and they had these huge uh, hanging like hot air balloons in there and it was always just this weird thing that made it stand out and made it feel different the eden prairie mall had the cookie stand which was an autonomous eatery free of the food court that's crazy like like and and, and it was it was always did you this... miss my reference yes it was mall rats <laughs> yes because it was also filmed at the eden prairie mall right of course it was. Um, it was it, it, it was it was just one of those things that like if you went to a new town and they had a mall, you wanted to go there. Like you wanted to see what kind of weird mall they had and maybe they had a store that you didn't have in your town and maybe they had a weird sculpture that like nobody really knew the story behind and maybe they had a fucking ice skating rink who knows and it just made it exciting uh to to go to the mall and like you you saw me when we went to the mall of america i was well, i was the mall of america is an experience so but, like that's a normal reaction if you've never been but the like you also saw me react to the woodfield mall like i just love how weird malls are I have a question for you about the Woodfield Mall. Mm -hmm. So did you ever use the bathroom when we were at the Woodfield Mall? I did not. Okay. Because I just have never, I just wanted to know if the men's bathroom was as weird and 80s looking as the ladies room is. I would imagine so. Because the ladies room, it looks like a lounge, but it's all like white and black tile with like accents of dark purple. Uh-huh. 
it is so it's like everything else in that mall has been updated or they've made some changes to it to make it keep up with the times except for that bathroom and it was like it's the one that's like over by the cheesecake factory okay and it looks like it looks like you're in an 80s taco bell oh. and it's it is insane and i just was curious if the men's room looked like that or if it was just the ladies room i gotta imagine that like if they didn't update one they wouldn't update the men's bathroom well but i don't know if the men's bathroom did it ever look like that you know does it have a different like look because a men's room and a ladies rooms tend to look different well men's rooms typically look like uh fucking war zones uh they're they're horror shows to go into yeah um but yeah i imagine that like underneath all the graffiti and broken mirrors it probably looks like the one from the 80s sadness really really sad 80s <laughs> um that was all just curious yeah i bet there's a dukakis sticker somewhere in there <laughs> so i where my parents house is I live within 15 minutes of a mall in any direction that I go. Hell yes. So we lived, so if we went 15 minutes east, it was Eden Prairie. If we went 15 minutes south, it was Burnsville. Or I'm sorry, if we went 15 minutes west, it was Eden Prairie. If we went south, it was Burnsville. If we went north, it was Edina. It was Southdale and Edina. And if, <clears throat> if we went east, it was Mall of America. And and all of them were in are within like fifteen to twenty minutes of my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So it no matter what I wanted to do, it was like, oh, let's just go to a mall. <laughs> right. And that was so, the thing, like the mall, right. you didn't have to go there like just to shop. You didn't have to right. have a specific goal in mind. You could just go there and like walk around or like yeah. sit, hang out in the food court. Fucking food courts were so cool. To like, what do you what are you hungry for? I'm gonna get Chinese food. Cool. I'm gonna get some pizza. And then you just get Arby's. You'd you'd all you know go your separate ways. You'd grab your food and then you'd come back to the to the table and just fucking look around at all the people that are at the mall and be like, "What? That dude is wearing some crazy ass shoes." Uh, and and it was just so much fun. And like, you didn't have to have like a specific goal in mind you could just hang out uh and i feel like that's been lost because you know you go to these outdoor malls and like everything is two miles away from each other and you have to walk the whole place outdoor malls too much what is that are you not familiar with outdoor malls well, like outlet malls. No, it's it's not an outlet mall. It is an well, but, open I mean, air, I, like yeah, like that's what Old Orchard is. But like, it's things aren't two miles from each other. That's <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, it came from right here. Uh, the okay, the that's... like the Flatirons Mall is freaking huge, uh, and even just like the smaller mall like Sentara out here there's not even that many stores but they're stretched so far away from each other that you can't just walk around you have to get in your car drive to where you want to go park and then get out and do whatever you want and it's a nightmare 
it, like it makes it completely unfun to go to the mall nowadays uh especially if it's not a nice day like god help you yeah i don't know the because like the the old orchard mall is is outdoors but it's like fun and like just a cool it's like a mall just there's no roof Mm -hmm. and like the bolingbrook mall is like that too where it's and in the summertime at the bolingbrook mall because there's like a main like thoroughfare you can they have like a farmer's market in the summertime so like evenings in the summer there's like a little farmer's market set up that you can like walk through as you're shopping we so that's like, not bad at, at this point it has uh grown and expanded so much that there's a highway that goes through the middle of it so that's that's kind of what i'm talking about it's it's unbelievably stupid um yikes yeah that doesn't feel like it's a mall anymore at that point it feels like it's just a shopping area yeah kind of but they they still call it a mall um and when when i was in chicago the mall that i literally grew up in uh was demolished uh and i was i was thinking about this because my mom worked at jc penny uh when i was a kid like firstborn so some of my earliest memories are in that mall uh because she would you know she would be working there so my dad would take me in and we'd go and see her and so this place that i had this attachment to from like birth was just gone and that breaks my heart because what they put in its place is awful and it's like why why was this better like why didn't you just put stores back in there and it's it's just garbage so i don't know that's all i really wanted to say i miss malls they were really fun that's valid when i traveled when i had a job that required me to travel all the time i would like stop in malls just to kill time Mm -hmm. so that was always a fun part of my adventuring was just like oh i'm in there was one in in st louis that there was a mall right outside of the hotel that we i always stayed in and so i would just go across the street to the mall and they had this weird like they had some because it was st louis but it was like not really in the st louis city limits it was like west it was like chesterfield or something like that Mm -hmm. and so and it had some stores that were like name brand stores so it had like a journeys and like it was anchored by a dillard's and like that kind of thing and there was a food court but they also had these weird stores that like didn't really seem to have any sort of theme to them but they sold just like a weird amount of stuff uh-huh. And one of them sold, it was like partially like a museum company kind of store where it sold like replicas of of museum artifact things. Wow. And then it also had some like, it also was kind of a, <clears throat> the stoner part of Spencer's where it sold like 
um, black light ponchos. posters. Yeah, black light posters and ponchos. And then they had like a section that was like a Sam Goody or like a FYE where they had like movies and and DVDs. And then they just had like a miscellaneous toys section and some comic <sighs> books. It was just such a weird little shop. And I was literally in there one day after work for like a good hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. Just in that store. Just like looking through and they had, and I bought some weird ass toy there too. And I was just so excited about it. I was like, man, I don't know where else I would have found this. It's it's kind of interesting because it feels like the only place where you can get that kind of experience from a store nowadays is like in Chinatown. Uh, right. Because like the stores that we went into when we hung out in Chinatown that one day were yeah. magical. You never knew what you were going to find in there. Those... Um, those- uh, um, pocket knives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those like pocket blades that were weirdly branded Captain America and Iron Man. Right. Right. <laughs> and those oh. those super cheap nunchucks that you got me. <laughs> yes. uh, oh man. Do like, you want to know? <laughs> I love it. When I was in when I was in college, my first year of college, we I was I lived on Harrison. Um, at the university center mm-hmm. so I didn't live too far from Chinatown it was like two train stops to Chinatown mm-hmm. and so one day me and my roommates went to Chinatown and we were wandering around and they were selling and I found out later that this was like hella illegal but they were selling baby turtles oh my god for ten dollars oh my god <laughs> so we bought baby turtles of course and we, we could have baby turtles in our dorm. We couldn't have like a dog or a cat or like a rodent, but we the baby turtles were fine. Cause like if they get out, it's easy to find the baby turtle walking uh-huh. around. Uh-huh. So we got so we got baby we bought four baby turtles because there were four of us and we named them after the ninja turtles. You have to. And they were great and they lived maybe three weeks. Oh no. <laughs> Because they were not healthy baby turtles. Right. We bought them. Of course and not. They were, right. And it was also hella illegal that they were sold to us, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So three, I had three weeks with a turtle named Raphael. And may he rest in peace. Yeah. Sorry, Raph. Oh. Um, but, yeah. So Ch- Chinatown is full of weird stuff sometimes. And I love it. I like remember when we watched that weird korean daredevil show (laughs) yes i was just about to bring that up i was just (laughs) about to bring it up because it's my favorite it's my favorite thing in the world i still don't know what it's called but it was (laughs) we were we were eating in a, a chinese restaurant in chinatown as you do and while we were there this this Korean show was on on TV, and normally, like I, I don't, I don't speak Korean, so I wasn't gonna pay that much much attention to it. But I think you noticed that it was like it had some weird similarities to Daredevil, which had just was, come out on Netflix at that point. Well, I was facing the TV, and you had your back to the TV, mm-hmm. so I just kept catching it every once in a while. And when I figured out that the guy was a blind ninja, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck's going on on this show? It's some weird Korean daredevil. 
And he, for some reason, he stole the chick's shoes yeah. or something. And then there was one scene where they very clearly went behind a wall and fucked. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It was... <laughs> and, 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 like, real talk, it was, it was better than the rest of the Defenders combined. It was amazing. Seriously. And I don't know what was going on. I couldn't read any subtitles. There were no subtitles. No subtitles at all. It was all so just like jumping. It was jump all in, in Korean. <laughs> no, I think there. I think there were Chinese subtitles. <laughs> like they oh, were maybe they were speaking maybe. Korean, and it was subtitled in Chinese, in and Chinese. we were still yeah. just. Wrapped. So I speak neither language, but you know. It was it was the best show ever and like if if anybody listening to this knows what we're talking about please please tell us because we can't like there's no way to search that right how i can't look up show, korean show with blind ninja guy kind of like daredevil yeah like, he was obsessed with shoes like <laughs> google's good but it's not that it's not good, that good. <laughs> um it it was it was amazing and like genuinely you could tell it was pretty well acted like cuz yeah cuz they were getting across well, we... real like emotions essentially non-verbally because we couldn't understand it but we followed along right well and we were enthralled by it and we didn't speak the languages mm-hmm. we were just like man what is this it was <laughs> like we were fascinating it was fascinating. You know what's stupid is that we never we could have probably asked the wait staff. Yeah. And been like, what is this show that we're that you have on? We're into it. We want to find it. Well, I feel like when when we finally got done eating, uh I didn't see a single person around. <laughs> I, well, but we had a waiter that gave us our check. Mm-hmm. But but I mean it, it was, was it was an off time. It wasn't like we were. It was like two o'clock or something yeah, when we were eating. It was so two o'clock, it wasn't like a packed restaurant. Two o'clock on a weekday, like yeah. we were not there in prime time. <laughs> right. There was like one other family there eating dim sum, and like what was it? Yeah, yeah. It was honestly the best time to go. Yeah, um, it was great. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Are you are you ready to get into this? We're at the hour mark. Uh and I've been watching a show that I know you've been watching. I know you've been watching Motherland. Yeah, I've been watching Motherland. Uh and I want to talk about it. I mean, go ahead. That show fucking rules. <laughs> uh it's the best. I've I've never seen anything like it um and the only the only show that i can kind of compare it to and i don't know if you'll agree with this but i get a weird battlestar vibe from it i mean yeah i can see that where it's like all i mean because it's very soldier heavy but it's not traditional soldier yeah yeah and and it's, it's like got a military vibe without being a strictly military and it's also like kind of telling a story about how like the military isn't necessarily the best from right. within the military because so yeah. many 
so many shows like that, they fall into that trap of like, yes, you know, support the troops, yeah, you know, rah, rah, rah. Right. Like, it's not like a JAG where JAG was like, yeah, look at how good the justice system within the armed forces is. Yeah. It's like, mm, it's not that great because that scenario where that girl got raped, they would have not done anything to that soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing would have happened. Yeah, um, JAG was like a fictional world where they actually held military people accountable for their actions. Same with NCIS, like yeah, same 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 exact vibe. Yep. Um So it's it's just I love the show because it has so much confidence in its world building, and you you feel it in every episode, like how much work they have put in to making this alternate universe feel fleshed out to the point where like music is different and courting each other is, is different and dancing and like the stomping, like just everything comes together to make this, this cohesive world so that you fully buy into it because this show gets buck wild but it also does some weird goofy stuff that you wouldn't expect from a show right where it like the balloons uh, like being terrifying is so insane because like if you just showed somebody a a 15 second clip involving the balloon and just said, this is, this is completely serious. If if you showed them Scylla talking to the balloon in the mirror. Yes. And then when it like slams against the mirror and she gets scared and it'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry that you're scared of that balloon. Like what the fuck? You would think it's the goofiest shit in the world. And, And that's why I said when you, when I, told you I was like when you asked me how it was I was like it's like it's freeform good because like it's not bad but if it was on any other network it would be because it's just it's that they just do that thing where it's that freeform thing where we're just like you know what fuck it war college witches since the beginning of time Mm -hmm. fuck it Mm -hmm. balloons And so the weird stuff you can forgive because that's the freeform sneaking in. It's like, yeah, the balloons are evil. Fuck it. Oh, okay. And you've sold me on everything else. So I can accept weird, evil balloons. I'm going to go on this ride with you. <laughs> right. I will go on that journey. I, you haven't steered me wrong yet. Yeah. Cause I'm into this witch thing. I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to see where it goes. I want to know what fucking weird thing you're going to do next. And guess what? Yeah. They have shit. They have shit that is so weird and it's so refreshing to watch yeah. a show that is just like, we are going to be weird we're, and we're going to be confident about it. I love it. So there's, there's another show that is on Freeform. It's not as good, but it's one of those ones where it's like they accept that they're weird and they just let it be weird. And it isn't quite as engaging because I feel like the acting isn't as good in it. Um, cause it's a little too campy, but siren is the same way. I was, I was like, wondering about that. That's the mermaid yeah. show, right? Yeah. And I've watched it and it's like, it's not bad, but it's freeform good Yeah, where it's like, it's a, the acting could be better, 
because it's but it's a freeform show so that's kind of a given most of the time like the acting on motherland is a is surprisingly good for it being a freeform show it's fucking incredible yeah it's like they are they are way more talented than your average freeform actor Uh uh-huh so i do enjoy siren it is not as good as motherland but it does this it's the same kind of vibe of just going like hey you know what fucking sirens are real evil fucking mermaids that mermaids that are predators Uh here you go Uh we just accept that you can just accept that i was like all right cool i guess that's the journey that i'm on and i think i think that's the coolest part about what freeform's doing is because so much of like science fiction and fantasy has been so male focused for so long the girls haven't gotten their own shows that get into the weird stuff they kind of have to adopt like supernatural and and doctor who and like these things that were just kind of already in the original mold and they they kind of molded it to themselves but like stuff with witches stuff with mermaids like it that's the shit that is normally it's either cutesy or ignored uh so doing weird shit like this is so refreshing and it feels so new even though it's exploring pretty old ideas right but they're doing it with with such a flair and a fuck it attitude that I I adore it. I really, yeah. really do. And well, and it's also something that's different from like the typical, even if you take the cutesy part out of it, it's different it's d- different from your typical witch brand show. Mm-hmm. So like charmed, the original and the reboot. I mean, yes, they're witches and they fight demons and they're badass, but like they're witches in the typical sense of like how you know a modern witch, you know, like, a, a Samantha from Bewitched, Bewitched yeah. and uh, Sabrina from the first show and Sabrina even from the Netflix show. It's like, it's kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same general idea of playing with magic and, you know, it, some is maybe a little bit darker than others, and but some, some is campy, like sub, the original Sabrina show, you know, some is, it's a little bit of a mix of both, like Charmed was. And this is just a straight up like, no, witches are warriors and they're fucking badass. And like, it's a different way of looking at a concept that's been done. Yeah. And, you know, which is cool. I think more fun because it's like, I'll be honest, I got bored by the Sabrina show real fast. I did too. Kind of, it was just kind of just an unrelenting dark, like how far can we push that? And mm-hmm. it was just, I, and the acting, other than, like, a couple of them, wasn't good enough to keep me interested. And, like, I just got to a point where I couldn't follow who was the bad guy and what was going on anymore. And I just, I fell asleep during one episode. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I can't go on the Sabrina journey. I appreciate what it's doing and I support it, but it's just not for me. Yeah. And, and that's the weird thing because I really love the comic that it was based yeah. on. And when I kind of noticed it, I was like, okay, I, I can kind of see where they're going with this in the show. I kind of tuned out and I was thinking that season three might be my way back in, but when the main 
trailer for it was just a weird music video i was like oh they're no uh, they're they're not they're not going with this where i kind of hoped they would so yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it's a bummer because i think it has a very cool look but as far as the tone it's it's too close it's riverdale it's it's too close to Riverdale, but it's also right. taking the dark part of Riverdale and making it way too dark. And it's like right. this is this is just a tone that I don't like. Um, well, I think my least favorite storyline on Riverdale was the Gargoyle King storyline, mm-hmm. and I feel like Sabrina is just constantly the Gargoyle King storyline. Right. <laughs> it's just, I don't want this anymore. I don't need the occult part. Like I just. And I get that Sabrina's going to be the occult, but it's like, that just wasn't the draw for me. It was like, I don't want to talk about marrying Satan. Like, yeah. this is boring. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> like, and when, whenever you're going to do that kind of story with, like, a teenage girl, I'm, like, already immediately out. Yeah. Where I'm just like... It's a no for me, dog. No, no, I just, I don't have any interest in watching this grown man playing satan marry a teenager like i just i don't want it i don't want it in my life so yeah i tuned out whereas motherland is doing so much that you just don't see in shows like the the diversity in their cast mm-hmm even though it is 95% women, so you would think, oh, that's got to cut down on diversity. Fuck, it does. There are so many unique women on that mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Body diverse, race diverse. Like it, it is so cool to see these women who haven't had the chance to play roles like these up to oh, this shit. point. It's a mil- it's like a witch military themed show, but within the first four episodes, I've already seen three fat women. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yes. You never get fat women who are actually not there for comedic value. Like they're there to be actual characters that have a purpose and are there to do something and mean something. Like the Beltrain, mm-hmm. the leader for the Beltrain, mm-hmm. she was heavy set. The the one in the most recent episode that with teaching them how to fly mm-hmm. she was heavy set and it was like a heavy set woman is the coach for flying awesome awesome like <laughs> it's so cool it's so cool yeah. to see and like you you have these these diverse women at like you know with age and and it just all of them are playing roles that you might get one woman playing in a movie or a show and it's probably going to be meryl streep it's like meryl streep or like maybe maybe Dame it's judy dench or or like lower down the rung like maybe it's like a, a hard-nosed katie sackoff you know movie like yeah. th- that's kind of the range that you get but you have you have villainous women you have her- heroic women you have just everything laid you out have women that are enjoying this and are still bubbly and fun even though yes. that they're a warrior like tally's whole character is just like this is fun and i'm excited and like her parent is the one that's like i don't want you there 
you know, and she's like, but I love it, you know, and she's, she's already had an emotional journey in five episodes. Uh She's fallen in love. Uh She's experienced loss. She's experienced betrayal. She's experienced friendship. Like Tally's character journey has gone so far in five episodes. The three main girls have (laughs) done so much in, in, in this, like the amount of ground that they have covered in such a short amount of time is incredible and it doesn't feel forced no. either it's like it's a genuine like this is an experience that they're having because they're away in basic training in the middle of a things... war right so they're gonna come they're gonna cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time because they're preparing them to go to war and they even bring up within the show your training has been accelerated so yeah. so it gives you the in narrative context for why things are happening so fast. So you can like you're feeling overwhelmed but you know that these girls are feeling overwhelmed too and they're they're scared and they're trying to do their best and they they're learning this entirely new world uh that like you have Abigail who has been raised in, in this world with, with her war hero mom, but then you have Riel, you know, who is still mourning her, her mother who she lost like just over a year ago. And you, you have that dichotomy in their characters and you have the way that they interacted at first, but then you have the character development of Riel showing that she's trying to save this guy that she just met. And that earns her respect from, you know, Ray, or, uh, Abigail and even, I mean, Tally just loves everyone. So that wasn't really in question. But Tally could like you, but she doesn't necessarily have respect for you as yeah. a warrior. So she needed to gain respect for Rael too. Because Rael did a lot of stuff at the beginning that fucked them over as a unit. Mm-hmm. Because so, she was being fucking a dickhead. Uh, yeah. And, and like, she didn't want to be there. So, like, yeah. she had to do some stupid shit. Like, it, it made sense within her character. And, and that's the thing. Everybody's character motivations are clear. Like, you, yeah. you know where everybody stands. And you know why they do the things that they do except for the people you should be suspicious of which are the people in charge yes absolutely (laughs) but 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 i mean for like our core three uh you you know who they are you know what they want you know where they're going why they're gonna do what abigail is horny for war college yes (laughs) rael is horny for scylla fucking tally is horny for garrett everyone tally is horny for everything she is horny for the for garrett she's horny for war college Mm -hmm. she's horny for her unit Mm -hmm. tally came horny and has not changed (laughs) yeah it's it's that that's that's something that i i need to get across the show is so horny this is like it's, it's very horny but it but it's not horny in that uh like riverdale like Riverdale no. is is horny in a way that is like uncomfortable a lot of the time, right? Um, where it's like, why are you making a sixteen year old character uh, do a strip uh, in front of all of these these adults and 
everyone's okay with dead. it. Like that's that's a a line, guys. Riverdale Riverdale is a godless land. Yeah, and you just have to accept that at, once they were opened the show with a teenager fucking his adult teacher named we're, we're, who we was done. We Miss done. Grundy. <laughs> Miss Grundy, who had previously only been an old crone in yeah. the in the TV show, it's like the equivalent if comic. you start if if you had like a new Spider Man movie and Harry was hooking up with original Aunt May. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Imagine that. That's what that's what Archie's fucking Miss Grundy. That's what it what it comes off as. Yep. Um. But but the the motherland home horniness is realistic uh in in that you understand that these people are horny because they are making horrible decisions yes uh they they are just except for abigail choosing to boldly have a three-way during the bell train and that was awesome (laughs) god bless her like wow she is when Abigail goes hard, boy, does she go hard. <laughs> she's so intimidating. She's such an overachiever. Yeah. <laughs> even even in the even in the hookup time. Uh-huh. Which there is a character that has kind of gone by the wayside uh in the last couple of episodes. And it's uh Abigail's curly haired rival. Um Yeah. She, I'm sure we'll get more from her later. I She's would imagine so. Like right now. they 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 established her so thoroughly in those first couple of episodes that for her to just like drop off the map, it's like, what's she up no, to? I mean, she's been popped. She's popped up in there, but she ha- she had no place at the wedding. So right. The last two episodes have been heavily focused on what happened at the wedding. So yeah, but, but. it's 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 just so interesting that. Even at that point, like they they established early on, like Abigail wants what she wants, and if somebody takes it, she's going to take it from you twofold. Uh, yeah. And she's so badass and scary. Um, and also, the show is gay as hell. It's gay as hell. Like when when I first because. Uh, the right after we recorded the last episode and you gave me the like the go signal i watched the the first four episodes that night like i could yeah. i could not stop and i put on tumblr motherland has made me gayer and i for one am grateful because like the main like arguably the main character is real like a lot a lot of it seems to focus around her and well i think that it's a trio I it's think a, it's three, definitely the it's, three of them are the main characters yeah i i just i'm talking about like it seems like more screen time is is dedicated to rail whereas like abigail might have the a plot for one episode but it's always like where's Scylla or you know shit like that but like having a main character that is an out lesbian like that's still fucking new to me uh especially in a show like this um and it's like and it's just like she's a lesbian and it's not like a thing 
you know yeah. they don't have to make it like it's not for the plot that she's a lesbian it's just she's a lesbian and that's mm-hmm. just part of the world mm-hmm. and so it isn't like a we have to ramp up to her being a lesbian or we have to explain that she's a lesbian or it's part of the plot that she's coming out as a lesbian it's just like from jump she's making out with a chick and it's we don't discuss it it's not a weird thing and they've also established that like relationships for most of these girls are entirely for the idea of passive like just procreating and that's it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like the wet like even the wedding thing they're like you're with somebody for five years long enough to like start procreating and then you're that is you dissolve that relationship and you just move on to do whatever Mm -hmm. so and and it doesn't seem like love is necessarily a part of the equation for most of those relationships um like I don't, I don't remember uh, them really spending a whole lot of time talking about Abigail's dad. Uh, right. He, he he he's not a factor. Well, and I think the reason Rael and the fact that Rael has a father that is involved in her life mm-hmm. seemed like it was a weird concept. Absolutely. And not because people ex- he seemed like he was be a deadbeat dad it was because fathers in general aren't really involved in the witch daughter lives Mm -hmm. and that it's a universe where men are really only there for procreating fascinating a perfect world (laughs) men's only purpose is to procreate we only need you for your sperm you sign this contract and get the fuck out of here (laughs) uh it's it like i i love this show I really, really do. It's it's so much fun to watch, uh, and like it, it's not afraid to be goofy, but it's also not afraid to be brutal. Uh, and it, it like it just fucking goes places, and like I I don't watch a ton of TV because most of it it's like just kind of the same fucking thing over and over and it's like oh you saw the wire okay well now you're you're just making a different version of the, of the wire okay that's boring um so i have a show to recommend to you that i feel like you would like knowing that you how hard you like motherland great um so it used to be it's just now on hulu and it used it was on wgn america okay where they make like really crazy shows on that channel and like um so they were uh, they had a show and it was and it, I fell in love with the lead actress on that show um and now I'm obsessed with her and she's one of those ones that it's like I'll watch anything you make even if it's bad yeah and um so she was my lead into watching uh that the medical show that I'm obsessed with now okay um so she it was it's called Salem oh right and it's the concept of the show is it's the say it's that witch trials era, but there actually are witches. They're just not the people you thought that they were. Ah. And they're actually have been in control of the whole of Salem the whole time. Whoa. And all of the women are in positions of power or are, you know, powerful or most of them are, they're like different types of women. So, like Jen Montgomery's character is a woman of position of power and is working consistently as a witch to maintain that power. Uh-huh. Um, they have uh, 
what's her face? I can't remember her name, but she's been in others. I think Ashley something. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She was on um, that that um, Diary of a Call Girl. Um, she was on Revenge. Okay. And she she plays Tichuba, and she's actually a huge part of the show as well. And they actually give her agency beyond just being the slave they accused of witchcraft. So she actually has like a character story and is more than just like the slave. Very cool. <laughs> um, then they have a couple of other characters that are, you know, there's the good girl who ends up in the witchcraft. And then there's um, a, a woman who's homeless and then works as a, a call as a like, um, sex worker that becomes part of it and she's kind of warring with the main chick and it's it's a very good show and it gives all and the women are the ones that are the people with power mm-hmm. and they're constant and like it's just a different perspective on the witch trials and being like okay so we set up these people to take the fall and like we had to you know give these people like screw this up for the greater good of, of witches in general so we didn't all get caught and like Shane West is in it too, which is really weird, but he's wow. like actually really good in it. So yeah. And he starts out kind of like against witches, but then slowly is like for witches. So Very yeah, I, I recommend it. It's on Hulu now, so you can watch it. And Janet Montgomery is also just beautiful to look at. So yeah, well, I, I, but, I definitely will and, uh, check that out. Um, and she used to date Dar- and she used to date Charlie Cox. So that's wild. Yeah. Um, but, so, so the other thing that I have been watching, uh, I watched the first two episodes of season two of Killing Eve. Uh, and hey, that show's really good too. Uh, yeah. did, I'm did in you season know? three now, so. Well, I'm, I'm making my way um downtown yes but that uh that second episode uh where she where villanelle is in that dude's house with all the fucking dolls oh Uh, god oh boy that was an upsetting one that was that was real rough (laughs) to watch oh season two just gets more rough yeah she does villanelle makes some choices in season two that you're just like oof i keep forgetting you're an assassin because i love you so much Uh (laughs) it's like you're you're a disaster but like you're really good at your job too yeah well season two she's full she goes full sociopath like they continue to remind you that she is a sociopath and she has no remorse for the things that she's doing Uh and there's this one episode that's really good because she almost seems like she's on the edge of a psychotic break and it's just it's just perfection like i i keep saying it it's just if jodie comer had been natasha i would have really enjoyed mcu natasha oh god don't even don't even hurt me like that. Yeah. Oh. Man. Because she is what I want Natasha to be. And, and like, it's such a small thing, but the way she plays with accents is yeah. just masterful. It is mm-hmm. so fucking good every time she does it. And I, I wish that Natasha did that. Instead, she just fucking talk like scarlett johansson in every movie right. and it's like you're a bad spy you're you're right bad at your job 
because why aren't you russian you you just number one you just look like scarlett johansson so it's like hey yeah that that girl looks like she's probably famous uh and number two like you don't blend in you don't make any effort to blend in you don't do an accent you don't wear it you wore one disguise which congratulations you wore a baseball cap join the fucking club right so who hasn't worn a baseball cap as a disguise in a marvel movie she (laughs) did it she wore you know who else could do that not a master of disguise tony stark literally (laughs) everyone everyone in the series has worn a baseball cap as a disguise it's done and like she did one spy thing one like or okay i'll say two the interrogation scene in avengers that that movie's garbage but that scene is still pretty well done uh and uh when she infiltrates in winter soldier and she's using a fucking mission impossible mask it's like wow some actual spy work congratulations the bare minimum but, like, just the difference between the fact that, like, Jodie Comer's a beautiful girl. She is so pretty. She is stunningly beautiful. Yes. But she can blend in, uh-huh. like, nobody's business. Uh-huh. And, like, especially, like, the new season, I won't give you, I won't tell you any spoilers, but there are things that she has done in the first two episodes of the new season where she's, like, you would not be able to tell that was her if you didn't know that that was her as the perspective of the show. Mm-hmm. It's, and she does that con- consistently. That's what makes her good at her job. Yeah, because she <laughs> she's like, able to do something super horrible and then immediately just like I'm like I'm evaporated. I'm somewhere else. Right. It's it's so so interesting, especially the first two episodes of season two, like when she's dealing with being stabbed. Like, yeah. and, and normally in most shows, that's something that is taken care of by the end of episode one. It's like, yep, but yeah, she's all better. Like, fixed it. Didn't you see she was in a hospital? Fucking mm-hmm. episode two, she's still fucked up. And mm-hmm. like, it's so good how how they are able to take this seemingly unredeemable irredeemable character and imbue her with like so much depth that you're like i hate you but oh my god i love you i adore you and it's like again it's it's just refreshing because it's stories that we haven't been able to get like Comics are the one place where I think, you know, female spies have actually had a pretty good run because you got the, you know, the good stuff of Black Widow. You've got Velvet. You've got uh, even on the MI6. Atomic Blonde. uh, Atomic Blonde. uh, Fucking Queen and Country. Everyone, Mm -hmm. if you haven't read Queen and Country... I know you're not doing anything right now. Just read Queen and Country. It's the fucking best. It's it's just a perfect comic from start to finish. Um, I 
just love that Villanelle is a assassin who is so different from from what female assassins are normally allowed to be especially in Hollywood where where it's like oh she uses her sexuality as a weapon right it's like that's so fucking boring at this point like oh she's a femme fatale and it's like cool where'd you learn that the 40s give us something new and they like we finally have something new and it's amazing i love it um the fact that like uh, spoilers for season two but she killed that kid she she did she She killed that kid she killed the dick out of that kid like you thought you were gonna you thought she was like i've made a friend nope she didn't make a friend she She killed that kid killed that kid though he he was dying he was dying he was he was not going so she, to have a very good life. She saved him. She saved him from a worse experience. Yes. So like in, her, but also she fucking killed she that kid. Killed that fucking kid. Holy moly! Like she killed him dead. Wow. And like that's a thing that you don't normally see. Hey, here's a kid that we just killed. Like there you go. Yep. You still rooting for for her? And you're like kinda. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it was a mercy. It killing, was. I guess was, she didn't kill him in cold blood. No, no, it was. It was. It was. You know, I won't say for a good reason, but like there was a reason. But as reasons go, it wasn't the worst reason. Yeah, it could be. Could be worse. Could be worse. I mean, she's killed people just because she felt like it. So, like, right. You know, grand scheme of things could be worse. Yeah. Um, well, and like, I do want to say, like, Eve is also not making the best choices. No, not neither of them make good choices, and that's the whole point: is that they're driving each other crazy. Yeah. So, and the, and that's why, and that's something that it has in common with Motherland is. Nobody makes good choices on either of these shows. (laughs) I mean, the show is called Killing Eve for a reason. She is still alive, so it's it is not it isn't a it isn't a literal murder. It's a metaphorical murder. Uh, (laughs) She is driving this woman insane. (laughs) As if by a thousand cuts. Right. Um yeah, it's it's so good and I think we've talked about this before, but it is so fascinating that if you change either one of their genders, uh, it, does. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, nope. it, it has. It's, it it exists in the way the form that it is meant to exist. Mm-hmm. If you made it two men, or if you made it a, a woman and a man on either side, it would just be like, okay, this is. This is boring. This is either boring or, or really gross. Or I've seen it already. Yeah. yeah. In every other spy thing that's ever been made. Yeah. It's just James Bond. It's just James Bond. <laughs> it's just a bad James Bond. Or, like, or James Bond was at least kind of good at his job. Or it's Batman and Catwoman. Or it's you know any yeah. any number of examples. Um, 
Did you see, I just have to, I don't know if I sent it to you, but like Kevin Conroy reblogged a picture that Tom King posts or like retweeted a picture that Tom King posted of Batcat kissing on a gargoyle and it, he, he captioned it six feet apart, you two. Oh my God. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. And it just lines up so well with the Will Friedle story of him forcing Will to quit smoking. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, just, just, just so funny. He can't turn it off. He can't. Permanent dad. Yeah. Yeah. Permanent Batman. Man. So, what I was have been watching. Hit me with it. Well, you already know. The medical drama? Well, besides the medical drama, because I told you that next time we recorded, I was going to talk about this. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, do some setup. I'm going to be right back because I, I really want to be able to focus on this. So I'll be right back. Vamp. I, I hate vamping. I don't want to Just vamp. a couple of minutes. It'll be, it'll be just, quick. Uh... It'll be quick. So there I was, covered in motor oil, and she walked in with a car battery and some jumper cables. Here is a post from my friend's Facebook. By your 30s, you should have a pasta shape of vehement, you vehemently despise for no particular reason. Mine is rotini. Um... It's April 25th, which is the perfect date for Miss Rhode Island in Miss Congeniality. It's not too hot and it's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Okay, I'm back. Okay. So, first of all, I have been watching the same, the same like, 20 or 30 episodes of, the, of a medical drama just on repeat because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and there's only, there's only two seasons. Oh, <laughs> so no. I just, but I just can't stop watching it because I love it so mm -hmm. much. So, New Amsterdam is my new obsession. And that's, like, basically all I'm watching. Um. Also really good, and Janet Montgomery's in it, so. There you go. Um, and also uh, uh, Freema Agamon, so oh, she's awesome. I love her. And, yeah, she's great. Also, she's 41. What? She looks like she's 22. She, she literally looks the same as when she was on Doctor Who. Yeah. Like. But she's in it, oh. and she's great. She's my favorite character on the show. I, I love her. Yeah, she's she's, she's great. great. It's on Hulu, I recommend. Well, the first season's on Hulu. <laughs> or second season's on Hulu. The second season is Hulu. The first season is not. But it's very good. Thanks, Hulu. Um, well, it's a show that's currently on, so it doesn't have, like, the backlog. 
because of like rights right or whatever but when i give you my cable to log in and watch killing eve you can also watch the on-demand version of new amsterdam if you want okay um so in between that i had kind of a moment where i was like you know what i'm a little bit day drunk and i think i'm gonna just watch cats Mm. well it was so bad it was just bad and it wasn't like a fun bad where it's like sometimes you watch stuff and you're like this is bad but like it had a little bit of fun when i was drinking Mm -hmm. drinking didn't even make it better there was not a single choice in that movie that was the right choice And I cannot believe that multiple rooms of people looked at this end product and went, yeah, I'm good with this. I actually think the buttholes would have made it better Mm -hmm. because at least I would have had something to laugh at. Right. Not a single joke landed. I'm also pretty certain that no one in the movie or involved in making the movie has ever actually seen a cat in real life. But they had cat school. Except Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. This is a movie that was entire filled with very credible actors, very talented singers, Oscar winners. Um, and the most, the best part of the movie in a movie that it struggles to find a best part was Taylor Swift. <sighs> Which I love Taylor Swift. Don't get me wrong. Am I sold on her acting? Not really. But this, she was great. She just showed up. She got a bunch of cats high. She sang the only song in the show that sounded like the actual version of the song. Yeah. Because the other thing that drove me nuts is like, it's not even that I I liked Cats the show, but the, there's some of the music that like, it's catchy. And it's like, I get why people like it and why it was one of the longest running musicals ever because it has some decent music. If you ignore the fact that it doesn't have a plot or makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like they're catchy tunes. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber is a good composer for the most part. Yeah. And he was basing it off of a, you know, he was basing it off of a, a poem that didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, you know, written by it's, a it's, very bad dude. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's not like a, it's not like it was meant to be, something that made a ton of sense to begin with. Um, but yeah, like, so one of the, there's one song that like the fact that they changed. So they changed the pacing of one song and it was just because Jason Derulo was singing it. So I feel like they just tried to make it Jason Derulo music mm-hmm. rather than like make it an actual musical, which is like fine, I guess. Um, I feel like London or like England itself needs to apologize to me for James Corden because I still haven't figured out what his purpose is in the world. Genuinely. Like, I don't, I don't think that he's funny. No. I don't find him very interesting. He kind of just shows up in his annoying places and I just, and he's definitely not good in this movie. He's, he's um, charmless. I, he has <sighs> zero charm and I do not understand because I just find nothing interesting or charming about him. Um, I'm embarrassed for Rebel Wilson's existence right. at this point. Because I gen- I do like her in a lot of things. Uh-huh. She was embarrassing in this movie. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Ian McKellen didn't know where he was, similar to making X Men. Yeah. No, no, um, he knew where he was on X Men, and he was he was living it up. Uh, no, he said he had no idea what he was doing. But he would w- like when he's in there with Patrick Stewart. Like you can tell that like they're they're having fun there. Well, I'm just going off of his interviews. Right, so right. <laughs> I'm just going off of what Ian McKellen has said and not what you have interpreted from watching the movie. I just know <laughs> that him and Patrick Stewart are very good friends. So, like, I know that... They are friends. I know that him, but, like, hanging out with his friend was, like, fun. No, I'm sure that it was. I didn't say he wasn't having fun. I'm just saying I'm not entirely... He has said that he wasn't entirely sure what was going on while he was there. Yeah. So, well, to be fair, all. to be fair... Neither did Brian Singer. No, I'm, I don't think anybody in that movie knew what was going on. It was just the point is that I don't think Ian McKellen knew what was happening when he was in cast. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm pretty sure he has no idea what he was doing. Yeah. Um, I just, I just genuinely don't understand a lot of it. The sad part is, is like the two lead actors were actually very good. It's just, they had shit to deal mm-hmm. with. Like, you know, you, you couldn't make the script better because it wasn't a good script to begin with. Right. And the thing is, is like the reason it doesn't work as a movie because the entire show is meant to be a showcase of dancers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, unless you're actually, and so this poor, this poor ballerina that they cast as the lead was done a disservice because she's a really talented dancer and that's what the show is designed to show off. But then you've filled it in with all this weird spectacle that doesn't belong there. And part of the charm of Cats was it's just like, it looks like something somebody's Halloween costume from an 80s party. Mm-hmm. The costumes are meant to look campy and weird and fun because it's staging. And it's meant to just be like leotards because they're dancers and they're moving like cats because Cats are notoriously agile creatures who could fall off of something and land on their feet. And so when you have cats falling off of things for no reason, and they're not even agile in the show, you're supposed like the whole point is jellicle cats are cats that are above the average cat. And like, you couldn't convince me of that. Also, there are two that are wearing Converse for no reason at all. And I, nobody explained to me why. Oh, do you want to know the explanation? I, I don't. It's it's um, just because they they didn't do the digital effects. Oh, okay, cool. There's so there's stupid. there's just a ton of shots in that movie where it is clearly unfinished. Uh, Judy Dench has human hands and is wearing her wedding ring. Oh, they all have hum- They all have human. Yeah. Hands. All of them have human hands. A... Inexplicably, they all have human hands. There is an actual point where Oscar winner Jennifer Hudson gets on all fours and crawls into an alley looking back at a bunch of cat other cats that are sneering at her. Hmm. And I just keep looking at this going, what ma- I mean, I get why Jennifer Hudson says yeah, said yes, because memory is one of the most well-known songs in the history of musicals. And, and, like- and sh- that's the part she played. And she did a good job. And like you look but at like you look one- at Les Mis, and you're thinking Anne Hathaway. You know she she was working with Tom Hooper. You know last time she won an Oscar. Maybe I can make it two for two. 
But also, you know, you say yes to getting to play the part that has the most memorable song from the show. You know? And it just... It just was... So there was this one song that is actually one of the few songs from the show that I really like. Because it's about two cats that are identical. And they are cat thieves. Cat burglars, if you Mm -hmm. will. And they, their whole shtick is that because they look identical, they move so quickly through the house, stealing things, and you can never guess which cat it is. And that's the whole point of the song. It's even said in the song that you can't, you don't know which cat is responsible for what's Mm -hmm. happened. And so you can't blame either because they look the same and they move so fast. And this song is fast and 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 quick and it's meant to be kind of a a a joyful melody and like it's meant to be a fast paced song and they slowed it down to this weird jazzy like tone and i'm like you've just defeated the purpose of the song it shouldn't be a slow paced song because they're fast and they're cat burglars and it's meant to be when you have a line, they tear through the house like a hurricane. You shouldn't be singing it at like a jazz. It's not. We're not in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like a slow, jazzy feel. And it just, the whole thing, it, that pissed me off more than anything else. Like the, I was like, come on. <laughs> You're not even getting the point of these songs. Mm-hmm. Like I get why you, sl- why you made Jason Derulo's song a Jason Derulo song so he could sing it. You also could have maybe cast somebody who's a better singer right. if you wanted that. Yeah. Because the lead guy is an actual Broadway actor who doesn't have a name. And he's very good in saying he carries the show. Mm-hmm. He's like the narrator chorus character who like kind of narrates, ex- is explaining the world of Jellicle Cats to the main, to the new girl. And I just, it just made, and then like, Listen, I am not upset at the idea of Idris Elba naked, but in that form, I was very upset. upsetting. Yeah, it was so upsetting. Why? Why the? Why his skin color? Why would you, guys? Why? <laughs> why would you choose that? Out of everything, you just all of it. Like there was no decision that I looked at and I went, "This was a good, solid choice." Like, honestly, it should have just been an animated movie. If you're not going to do the the Broadway-style costumes, just make an animated Cats movie. Right. You can make it animated and have them singing, have them sing. Like, you can do the voice sure. talent then. Like, but there's, there is zero worth, even at its best like even if they flawlessly executed it there is zero worth in doing that motion capture cgi no it it literally did not enhance anything it just made it worse and it just made it terrible and like that isn't why i wanted to that's not why people want go to see cats on broadway like they go for the for the fun campy costumes and for the fun music and, like, when you change those two things, you've just taken the point of cats away. Because the show doesn't have a plot. Right. Like, it's, like, it's a very, very loose plot. 
And like one of the one of the strangest things to me is like I don't I don't like cats uh the musical in general but when you look at those costumes <clears throat> you get an idea of who each character is because they look different like they all have right. you know unique coloring and like you know some of them are brighter colored some of them are you know don't have weird colors to them like they they vary it so you can kind of pick out who's who but and everything that i've seen they just went with like super super basic ass cat designs for everyone yeah. so it's like you're losing the visual element of this show that makes it iconic even even yeah. just from a base level of like like why are you making any of these cats all one color why are you making any of these cats also true just honestly like i just i literally <clears throat> don't know why any of this happened because none of these choices were any good choices mm -hmm. and it was like you know there are things that you can take liberties with and there are like you know different ways to do things and like you know if we didn't have an if we hadn't updated Romeo and Juliet we wouldn't have West Side Story mm -hmm. you know and if we if we didn't change things in certain aspects like you know if we didn't update Emma we wouldn't have Clueless you know it's just but there are things that you just shouldn't change and the reason that that show exists are things that you shouldn't have changed. And it was kind of like when they made Rent and it bombed. And I know that you mm -hmm. hate Rent. But like the point of it is that you took Rent and you took all of the joy out of it because you made it a studio movie. And well, and also you you cast, you use the same cast, which like seems charming and cool, but like they have aged 20 years. So it right. loses a well, lot. Well, they didn't age 20 years. They'd age like 10 well, years. But <laughs> it was only 10 years. Since was the it? Okay. It I, I, could, yeah. I, I mean, time is well, immemorial. Um, but right. but it, it loses some of the impact that you have from the intended source when you're looking at these people and you're like, you are, you are grown ass adults. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and especially when you have to recast one of the original uh -huh. leads because she was already older than the original leads. Right. But you could get away with that on a stage. And you can't get away with it on film. So you have Rosario. Um, We're so you in have time, baby. So you have Rosario Dawson. Uh, looking clearly younger than the rest of the cast. and it Which she wasn't, though. Right, but but like, you're also dealing with like it's it just feels different. Um, well, because she's not the same; she doesn't have the same vocal talent, so she can't sing the songs the same way. And mm -hmm. part of the reason that like Daphne Rubin Vega was so good at those songs is because she had that kind of like that scrappy street chick attitude already, and that sounded like in her voice as well. You know, so like. When you have somebody who cannot sing very well, like Rosario Jocelyn, who also sounds like a gentle, like a gentle angel compared to, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you took 
Um, it's kind of like the difference between like having, if you had Vicky Vale as Catwoman, like it wouldn't be the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, because Daphne Rubin Vega had that like street vibe. She's a, a she's like a very specific sound and like Rosario Dawson just was too soft and proper to sound like that. And she just wasn't good for that part. And like, interestingly enough, I hated Rosario Dawson because of her Mimi for years. And I kind of really? wish I'd, I it literally until Daredevil. Wow. And because she was so bad. Yeah. And it like pissed me off because I loved Rent. Mm-hmm. And like she and then I was like, all right, she's not bad. And she almost was an out for me on Daredevil when she was cast. I was like, oh, I want to watch this, but I don't know. Yeah. I really don't like her. And then I kind of wish I'd stuck to my guns knowing what I know now. But right uh I, we haven't even like talked about that uh, i can't because it just i'm too angry about it. it it makes it makes me too mad yeah yeah and and then like there's news that she's going to be in the mandalorian and it's like it's not official i know i know she has said like, yeah she has said it's not official there's nothing it's she yeah but like, um, please, anyway, please don't, please don't make me. I know, like everybody has. Please yeah. let me be happy with the show. Well, you know, if she is cast, it'll be nice. The Mandalorian had that one really good season, and then we never heard of it again. And I think it existed in that perfect space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'll just miss my wife, Cara Dion. But anyway, so it's just like it just everything about it just it wasn't good mm-hmm. and like i i want a written apology from james corden yeah. um i can give him my address yeah like, i also want one from rebel wilson because also like the whole point of that character was not what they portrayed like rebel wilson should not have been cast as that character because she's meant to be like the character description of her is that she's like a gentle motherly cat Uh and like her whole thing is that she's teaching mice and roaches to like be good good additions to a home Uh and like that's not rebel wilson (laughs) she's not a gentle motherly figure but like from everything that i've seen because while i have not watched this movie i have watched multiple video essays about this movie because it's fascinating to me yeah every everything that i've seen from her parts in the movie like she's super sinister she's not she isn't sinister she's meant like they she isn't at all in the movie in the show she is no i mean i mean in the movie like no in the movie she's not no she's not in the movie at all she She is eats a roach because they're getting cocky also she is a cat also, the mice have children's faces. Yes, I feel and that like... I was just going to say, that is the, the worst part of the show is <laughs> I had seen it in the note or in the like reviews and whatever. The ch- mice have children's faces and it is literally the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. And I have seen some scary movies in my time. I have experienced some scary things and I have seen a literal ghost, but I will not in my life find anything more terrifying than the child-faced mice 
from cats. It's so upsetting. It is the most upsetting visual in the world. And I am to, will be haunted by it for the rest of my life. And I just got very passionate about this. And Tiger is looking at me like very concerned. <laughs> well, you're talking about his people. You're, you're talking no, about. Listen, at one point, this shortly after I started the movie, both of my two pet cats left the room embarrassed they were like or my what my argument was that they're not jellical so they can't be privy to this information oh but because the if you're not a jellical cat you can't witness the the jellical ball of course but that's because they have soft pampered lives where they live in a home yes so but it or it was just because they're like i'm not even gonna deal with this shit no no. And these are these are cats that regularly sleep on the couch next to me while I'm working or sleep on the cat tree that I have since bought. Mm-hmm. And they like Tiger spends, I would say, a good 20 hours a day on this cat tree. He, I did not see him until that movie was over. <laughs> Tiger made a good choice. Tiger and Parallax both were like, we're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't have to but, put um, up with that. Listen, I only finished it because I spent six dollars to rent it. Um, I regret my choices. I need a formal apology written to me by James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson wears a cat, like a cat suit. And then at one point unzips the cat suit to reveal another cat suit with a jumper over it and glitter. It's so weird. It is the weirdest most unnecessary thing I've ever witnessed in a, unzi- in a show. She unzips her skin. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Sinister. Like that is sinister shit. That is. Well, yeah. If you're watch, if you're watching it out of context, that does look very sinister. In the show with context, it's just stupid. Yeah. It just, but like, and I've seen the movie Face Off, so like <laughs> I've witnessed some weird shit. I would rather just watch the fa- scenes where they change faces in Face Off on repeat for the rest of my life than ever witness Rebel Wilson unzip her skin to reveal another skin underneath ever mm. again. Mm. I bad. hate it so much. So I will, I'm going on record and I've seen a lot of things. In 35 years, I'm on, I'll be 35 next month. I might as well just accept it now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things, good and bad. I've seen some trash, and I've seen some things that have changed my life in a profound, good way. Cats the Musical Movie is the worst thing I have ever seen in my life and ever will see in my life. And I am including in that all things, not just movies that I have watched mm-hmm. or shows that I have watched. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am encompassing all things I have seen in 35 years. That is including watching my pet gerbil die in front of me Yeah, from a broken spine. Oh. I oh. watched that thing twitch to death and that was better than cats. That is not okay. That is bleak, right? Yeah. That's some bleak shit. Yeah. Um, So don't watch Cats ever Ever. if you can help it. Um, 
I don't care if you're bored. I don't care if you're just curious. In this case, uh, curiosity really did kill me. Hey. And I'm not even a cat. I'm not even a cat. Hey. But it, 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 my cats left so that they wouldn't die. Not that curious. It's just, it was so bad, Kyle. Oh. You're not Madeline. It's okay. It's new. It's new. I caught myself. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I don't watch things that I want to watch, so I don't right. think I'm in. No, danger. and I know that you will never watch <laughs> cats. I'm yeah. pretty clear. Like, listen, I've of all of the things that I have said, hey, have you watched this? knowing that you want to watch it and you haven't that Uh season three of killing eve started and you're just starting season two even though it's been available to watch for months Uh um yeah no i'm very it's very (laughs) clear that you will never watch cats but it's the collective you the people who are listening to this if you think you know what i'm curious like i did yeah don't just don't Stop. I'm sure. I'm sure um, you could watch something else that's perfectly fine and not good, but is palatable. Like, like a boss came out. I'm sure that's fine. Sure. It's probably not great, but it's probably better not. than cats. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure you could watch the room. It's probably better. It's definitely better than cats. I have seen the room, and it's not a good movie, but it's better than cats. Yeah. I I have only seen parts of the Adult Swim edited version of the room. Uh, You're not missing anything. I I the only thing I know about that is it has a very long sex scene, uh, like absurdly long. And I was like, I don't I don't I don't need to watch this. <laughs> Listen, and I, clearly I don't have like a high bar for things that I enjoy, right? Like I'm right. not. I don't, I'm not a highbrow, you know, critic of anything. I don't have refined taste where I only watch the best of the best. I think Christopher Nolan's a hack. Like, I don't have any special, I I just admitted to watching the same, like, 30 episodes of a show for the last week and a half. An NBC medical drama. An NBC medical drama that I've literally been watching nonstop just on repeat. So as soon as I finish season two, I just start season one over again. Quarantine's hitting hard. Quarantine is hitting hard because there's stuff that I'm sure I could watch that I would enjoy. But you know what? I know I like New Amsterdam, so I'll just keep watching that. And Ryan Eggles is pretty, and I like to look at him. And I like to look at Janet Montgomery, and I like to look at at Freema Egerman, and I like to look at uh, Jocko Sims. So, like, listen, they're all very attractive men. And Tyler Labine is in it, and I love him. He's a very funny guy. He gives oh. me Foggy Nelson. He gives me Foggy Nelson vibes in the show, and he doesn't have. And I don't have Foggy Nelson in my life anymore. God, I miss him. Because there's no more Daredevil show, and there's no new comics. Yeah. <laughs> so, and even yeah. if I did like him, he's not in the fucking comic right now. Because he's fighting with Matt about Daredevil. Shock. Because we haven't played that to death. Gasp shock. What are you doing, Chip? Is this still Chip? It's still Chip. What are you doing, Chip? Chip is ruining my life. I want to like it. I want to like it because I like Chip and I like his writing, but I don't like this. Yeah. They can't all be winners. 
true. I mean, just, to- ask, just ask Tom King. I mean, I like Tom, all the things Tom King writes, so. Heroes in Crisis? Really? I liked parts of it. I think it was, I don't think that the choices that were made that are bad were Tom King's choices. They were DC's choices. For sure. And he was, he was definitely working with what they gave him. Right. Like, he, and he's even said, like, it's not the story I wanted to write. Yeah there's a lot of stories that he's written that weren't the stories he wanted to write because that's what DC does. Like Mm -hmm. you just got to take what you can get, you know, there are parts of heroes in crisis that are great. And the concept of heroes in crisis before the weird murder mystery was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom King's good with me for life because of Mr. Miracle. Like that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't a stab at Tom King. Like, I'm just, no, I know. I'm just saying, you know, that not everybody hits it out of the park. Right, right. But you like he has he literally wrote one of the greatest comics of all time. Like it's true. Done. <laughs> like done and dusted. That's it. So yeah. like also he, he's Me- allowed oh, to Mega make Man? a he's allowed to make a bad event comic. Like Matt Fraction made a bad fucking Who hasn't Listen, I feel event like comic? if you're gonna do if you're gonna do an event comic, it's gonna be bad because event comics are very rarely good. Like the, I can... like the only good one in recent memory for me was Secret Wars. And that's mostly because of the tie-ins. I didn't even like Secret Wars. I don't even no. remember reading Secret Wars. Wow. I just but again, it probably wasn't, you know, my my interest in Marvel is is, you know, Tony so if Tony's not a big part of it and like to a lesser extent Matt but like unless you're doing something good with Matt like I don't care right um I can't even think of an event comic that was really good in the past in recent because like none of the crises are good no um um Secret Invasion is kind of cool. I, yeah, that's all right. I mean, I will always have a soft spot for Secret Invasion because of the thing that I've talked ad nauseum about, about Tony just throwing up and thinking he was a Skrull and Natasha being like, you're not a Skrull, get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. There's a um, lot of good stuff in Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that makes the whole thing good. It just, again, has parts of it that are good. Like when you're dealing with a, a like a event that is that wide ranging if there's that many good parts in it i'm i'm gonna call you pretty good yeah um i don't know that uh the more recent one where like i didn't finish reading it because i just couldn't keep track of the issues but i hear but the like recent one it was like an as it was like an i can't remember the name of it it was like an asgard themed and like oh where um, Matt, where Matt took, uh, was ended up in, uh, as Heim, like with Heimdall's powers, and he had the that, sword. Was that War of the Realms? Yes, War of the Realms. I hear is really good. Right. And from what I read of it, I really enjoyed it. I just couldn't keep track of it. It was it was too, too spread out. Um, right. And I think the release schedule was kind of thrown off. Uh, right. So it was kind of sporadic, but yeah, I I just remember a lot of weird tie-ins, yeah. uh, which is which. I mean, that's 
kind of that's event du jour. That's what always kills the events for me. There's either it's either there's so many tie-ins that you can't keep track and the tie-ins are too essential to the story that it just becomes I don't have the money or the time or the interest. Mm-hmm. Or it's like a self-contained thing and it just isn't good. You get like too many event comics price you out of following along with, with the event. And it's like, right. don't you don't you want people to read this? And it's like, no, we want people to right. buy this. And see, that's one of the few things I do like about Civil War is that like, even though it wasn't a good event, like it's parts of it are good and i understand Mm -hmm. where it was coming from and like overall i think it was a storyline that was a good storyline poorly executed yes um but like the tie-ins were optional and you could still follow the main story even if you didn't read all the tie-ins so it's like if you wanted to read the frontline thing you could but you didn't lose anything from the main story if you didn't read it and like also you you should not you should not read frontlines Right. <laughs> but if like and that. if you if you d- weren't reading Spider-Man, like you got extra stuff out of reading it, but if you didn't want to read it mm-hmm. or you weren't reading Spider-Man, it didn't hurt you knowing what was going on with Spider-Man in Civil War. Like the main crust of like what happened in the event happened in the comic. And then if you were reading the, anything supplemental and it was affected by Civil War because what wasn't? Yeah. You just got extra info. It didn't affect how you viewed the outcome. And it didn't affect how you, you know, how the story played out. You didn't lose anything by not knowing because they told you. So, like, if you weren't reading Iron Man, which is where Happy Hogan dies, Mm -hmm. you still found out in the actual comic that something happened because that's when Tony has that confrontation with Steve. And that's when you are given a chance where it's like, this is where it happened. You can check it out if you want to know more. Right. But if not, this is just what ha- this is right. what you need you, to know. You know somebody that that um, Happy Hogan is near death. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know for that story to work. If you are interested in what happened, okay, here's here's what ha- here's where you can read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like there, Civil War is is very frustrating uh, because. It has the nugget of a lot of good ideas yeah. uh, where it's like, man, if if somebody better was kind of leading the charge on this, uh, we could have something really special. Yeah. Uh, but instead, it's just kind of one of those things that hasn't aged well. Uh, oh, the reason that I even bring up Civil War, too, is that like fucking Marvel and the intern running Marvel Unlimited posted a thing that said um civil war which side are you on captain america or iron man and literally everyone was replying it's been 14 years like (laughs) (laughs) like, who cares (laughs) we're like we already we had a movie of it like we we've done this right um and then some people were like i guess mcu or in like comics cap and an mcu iron man i don't know i maybe it's been 15 years <laughs> it's just i'm Move so tired i don't care i don't want to have that conversation anymore especially now when i'm quarantined because then i'm gonna start building a a charlie day wall 
map of <laughs> just all shit. the yarn, just so yeah, much just yarn. yarn everywhere. And like, honestly, it's always going to come back to what, like, why am I not reading the order still? <laughs> like, right. I, It'll I, all come back to read the order because it's the best comic. Read the order. It's the only reason to uh, do anything with Civil War. The only good that came out of the of this of Civil War is the order. So if you at all care about anything good coming out of Civil War, go read the order. Yeah. Because it is just such a such a perfect It's so good. Just self contained so story. Pretty. Oh my god, the it's art. Pretty and it's well written and all of the characters are interesting and different and well developed and <sighs> RIP. I'm just I'm just forever holding the order in my heart. Like God. I'm 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 honestly still mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still mad. Also also I'll always remember the order because it's the first time that I crushed you and didn't yeah. mean to. <laughs> yeah. You didn't you didn't know. You I didn't, didn't know. I hadn't met you yet and I wasn't I or I didn't know you well enough yet. I was just like, I think you'll really enjoy this because you like Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. It was and... super early on in our friendship <laughs> and like And you... then you came to work and it was after reading like the first half of the first trade mm-hmm. and you're like, I love Moholland and I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't end well for Holly at all. No, it does not. No, it does not. Um, and then you learned. You 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 learned about me. I learned. That was <laughs> when I learned. I was like, all right, <laughs> I know his type. Don't suggest things with that type that die. <laughs> I'm fucking nervous about Motherland. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Well, to be fair, Motherland is a I don't know any more than you do. So I know. I if know. we we're, both we could all be crushed by Motherland. We're kind of all in this together at this point. So it's yeah. like, oh boy. Because Motherland is a show that like when it like when it comes back for season two, God willing there's a season two. Uh, that there's no waiting. I'm I'm right. there. <laughs> I'm there too. I will tell you I will tell you in the three seasons of Salem. Um, none of the people that you will like will die. Great. So you, you made a sale yeah. <laughs> on this show that's been canceled um, for however long. Yeah, but it, you know it's it's something new to watch, and it's yeah. it's already collected for you. And I can tell you that none of the main female cast dies. So love it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, permanently. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to need something to fill a void because uh, next month is the final season of She-Ra and I'm going to just be real bummed out about that ending. So I'm going to need something to distract me. I think that's when I'll hit Salem up. I finished Shit's Creek yesterday and devastated that that's over. God. But it had, it ended, like, without spoilers, it ended on a really good note. Good. Like, it ended in a way that it's like, I couldn't have thought of a, I couldn't think of a better way to end that Mm -hmm. um, without it being trite or without it being, like, forced. Mm -hmm. It was just, it had a very clean ending that worked and it made sense for the journeys that all the characters have been on. 
So I was satisfied with it, but bummed that that was the end. Kind of like like the Parks and Rec ending. Do you know about the Parks and Rec episode? The 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 uh, charity episode the next charity week. Charity one, yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I want to be more excited about it, but I know what Chris Pratt has become. Yeah. And that kind of bums me out because it's like I want to enjoy it, but like every I just try to avoid Chris Pratt at all costs now. I haven't watched Onward because of him. Like, I, yeah, um, I had no interest in Onward anyway, but like then it was like Chris Pratt's in it, and I was like, mm, pass. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 not good. Uh, I've heard I've heard it's a good movie. I like, but like, well, I if just... it'll make you feel better, the art on the van was stolen. So, holy shit! You can feel better about not watching it then if you want. Well, I mean, I've got that, and then I've got uh, Disney's first openly gay cop. And it's right. like, oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've given you an openly gay character. It's an ugly ogre who's also a cop. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Real, real <laughs> representation, avo- guys. An avocado. Thanks. Thanks. I I was flipping through movies to watch, trying to find something to watch that wasn't New Amsterdam, and I ended up going back to New Amsterdam. But oh. um, <laughs> one of the things that I saw is there was a movie. It's a movie called You Better Watch Out, and I literally sat here for like twenty minutes going, "You better watch out." You better watch out. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Just alone to uh, myself. <laughs> I mean, it's it is an all-time great Tumblr <laughs> post. Yeah. Like oh man. Well, it's a it's a vine. Well, I mean, I think it started as a Tumblr post and then it got turned into a vine. No, it was a vine. It was just a guy walking through his room going, "You better watch out. You oh. better watch out." Learn something new every day. Oh, Vine. Oh, I'm watching Vine. the screensaver. Like, how many episodes of this show are we going to be sad about Vine being gone? Always. Well, always. Because TikTok just isn't the same. It's not. It's not. Although I did see a very funny TikTok that was just this dude consistently fucking up the thing that he was trying to do. He was there are to... some funny TikToks. They're just not the same. Well, he was he was trying to do the thing where like you make a different hand symbol and then take a picture uh, to go with that hand symbol. I think it's supposed to be like a like a rock paper scissors thing, but like he was trying to do it where he was spitting water onto himself, and he kept doing the wrong hand signal so he was taking the wrong picture for the wrong section and then he ended up spitting water on his phone and it was just an absolute train wreck from start to finish and i was like okay this tiktok can stay i'm i'm okay with this one have you seen the one of the stuntmen um or stunt people and they're just like it's like it's one of those like pass the phone kind of things that people have been doing with like makeup and hairstyling oh, and and cosplay. I, I haven't this. seen the stuntman one. Yeah, but now it's stuntmen, so it's it's starting with like you know a different different violence against each other, <laughs> and some of them are really good, and it's like it's actually really fun to watch. And I'm like, 
this and it's like stunt stuntmen in quarantine or something like that so they're social distancing but still fighting <laughs> and, hey. um, Caitlin sent it to me and I was just like, this is what the Titans are doing in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're separated from each other and like sending each other videos where they're fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I hate to cut this off, but now it's time we've gone long enough. <laughs> two and a half hours. Um, our longest episode with Listen. like, this is what happens when I watch things, guys. I end up talking about them a lot. Uh, right. And it's also loving the time of Corona. Like, we've got nothing else to do. What do you have to do? Nothing. You're just going to listen to this for two and a half hours. Exactly. You know, kick back. Relax. Uh, right. Listen to... Audio's listen. okay. <laughs> I think the audio's fine. Just don't cut anything. Because usually it's fine as long as there's no edits made. Well, I, the only edits I ever make is when we have to do more than one recording, and then I have to just slam them together. I'm like, don't slam, don't do that. Just let them be separate files. No, I mean they are. You mean separate episodes? No, just put them on and don't like cut them together or anything. I'm not. I'm not cutting them together. I'm. I'm okay. Selecting each file and just bloop, throw them in. Okay. I'm not, I'm not with it, uh, All right. but hopefully it works okay. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, we'll be talking more about Motherland, probably in more detail <laughs> next time. Uh, I don't know, man. We've already talked about Motherland all, all I can talk about. We can talk about the new episodes, but we don't. How well, much detail do we have to get I mean, into? I mean, that's what I mean. Like actually talking about the new episode like what happens because like i watched i watched episode six before we started recording we didn't talk about a goddamn thing that happened in that episode well i don't want to like turn this into a review yeah yeah because also like we want people to watch it so we don't want to ruin things that happen oh of course of course Listen, um, otherwise i'm just gonna if you just keep talking about motherland i'm just gonna start talking about new amsterdam because that's all i'm doing i mean but you're still <laughs> you're watching motherland I am, but I don't, I don't want to talk about it all the time because I watch it and then it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but all right, that's it for today. All uh, right. Wh- what will I watch next? It's an adventure. Uh, I bought Br- Birds of Prey. Uh, so Good. that's, that's going to be on the docket. Probably cool. Tonight. Oh, real quick, speaking of Birds of Prey, my aunt sent me masks that she made. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're black. And so I've just been walking around telling my cats that everything in the apartment is my things. <laughs> you can't have it. This is my fucking things. My These are my fucking things. things. Fuck. <laughs> also, if you haven't done it yet, please watch the blooper reel before you. Um, before you we record next. Because okay. I need to talk to you about you and McGregor in the blooper reel. I will. I will. I'm. Okay. I'm gonna watch. Because if I tell I'm you what happened, watch the movie and then watch the blooper reel. Yeah, that's fine. You can yeah. watch the movie first. Just watch the blooper reel before we record next. I will. I will. Because we've already talked about the movie, but I have to discuss this one part of the blooper reel. But if I tell you about it beforehand, it will ruin it for you because it's such a beautiful moment when you don't expect it coming. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, until next time, uh, I've been Madeline. I'm Kelsey.
and uh, stay fresh cheese bags. Stay fresh ah, cheese bags! Ah, Yay! I got you. I got you. you did Bye. it! <laughs>